We recently wrapped up our winter season with the second weekend of the Show Me Showdown, which is our basketball championships in the Missouri State High School Activities Association, which features our larger schools, our classes four, five, and six, both boys and girls. So we're going to recap the that second weekend today. We have guests on the show today. First, we're going to introduce Jenny Hopkins. Jenny works with the Missouri Basketball Coaches Association. She works at Greenwood High School, and she is also one of our TV announcers for all of our girls' games. And so welcome, Jenny. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. I appreciate it. Also joining us is Doug Fessler, Assistant Executive Director in charge of the sport of basketball, and Jason West, our Communications Director. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, so let's get started. We started things off with Class 4, boys and then girls. Doug, you want to give us kind of a rundown of Class 4? Sure. We started out with boys on Thursday with St. Joe or yeah, St. Joe Lafayette took on Central Park Hills to kind of start our tournament. Really good game. Central Park Hills ended up winning that game to advance to the championship and they faced the uh, the winner of the Vashon Father Tolton game on the boys side which ended up being one of the better boys games of the whole entire tournament. Four-point win by Vashon and you know propelled them into the championship game where they Went on to win the title. They're sixth out of the last eight years. They didn't win in 2018. And then COVID, they didn't get to play the COVID year. So really you could look at, you know, seven out of eight years that, that Vashon has won the title. And and it gets Coach uh, Tony Irons his seventh title, tied his father for titles, and then 14th title overall at uh, for Vashon High School. So the semifinals and finals of the championship game were, were all great. St. Joe Lafayette came away with the third-place win over Tolton in Class 4 boys. I, I love the way Coach um, Tony Irons coaches, too. I think he has a lot of energy, and um, he does a really nice job. He runs it like a, like a small college program. I think that, that makes a big difference in the longevity of his program. Absolutely, absolutely. And on the girls' side, we had a double Vashon title. Vashon girls end up winning their first title in school history in basketball, and they they made their second appearance. They beat St. Joe Benton in the title game, which also got second last year in double overtime. What a game. I mean, and I know, Jenny, I think you probably called that game, and you'll speak a little more to it, but, but what a game and, and what atmosphere. Well, the you know Benton did a great job. Coach Chris Michaels, I think, may you know have some caffeine in his blood. It's <laughs> <laughs> just I asked him how much coffee he drinks every day because he's so full of energy and he's so passionate. And I really enjoyed getting to know a lot of them, even his his players before the game. We got to chat a little bit, and and they're just very passionate. And he is too. He even teared up a couple of times when he started talking about his players and. And they just executed very well throughout the game. And, you know, the, the biggest problem, they did not shoot well from the free throw line. They, they were they were one for ten there at the, in the last when, uh, when they could have secured the victory and they were not making their free throws. It was, I, I, you know, with all due respect to Vashon, it was Benton at the end, it was theirs to give away. And Benton did a great job throughout the game executing a wonderful game plan. I thought Coach Albert had a great game plan as well, um, and they stayed with it. Um, the first half, they were struggling a little bit to get the ball to go in the net, but he made some adjustments at halftime that got him some higher percentage shots. 
And I thought John Albert did a fantastic job with Bashan. And in the end, they did what they needed to do in the fourth quarter to capture that victory. And I thought that was definitely one of the best games um, of the weekend because it, it was a great game plan by both coaches and execution at the end went to Bashan. Yeah, we had really strong games in, in Class 4 in both the semis and the finals. Jason, anything anything more about Class 4? I think the biggest key that, that comes out of it with Vashon winning both the boys and girls, that's the, the first time since 2003 we've had the same school win mm. a boys' title and a girls' title. In any class. Uh, in mm-hmm. any class. Kickapoo was the last win in, in 2003, winning it in Class 5 for boys and girls. So uh, that was a, a big accomplishment for Vashon. And just a little side note here, Class 4 was also the place where we had Central out of Park Hills. Both boys and girls qualified f- from Central. And uh, we have a little game at halftime of our semifinal games and our third place games called Tic Tac Mo. It's, it's a lot of fun. And Central went 3-0 and in Tic Tac Mo. Shout out to Central Park Hills for going 3-0 and in Tic Tac Mo, which is not trivial because it's a wild game. And they pulled out an undefeated season there in the Class 4 Final Four. So <laughs> You might mention, Jen, that just how they got three times. They have, did we do it during the semifinals? We actually do it during our third-place games, not our championships. We have some traditions programs and some awards that go on during that. So the girls, because it didn't fail to mention, the girls end up capturing third place over a good Southern Boone team as well. So Central Girls, I believe that was their second appearance overall in the tournament. Okay, let's move on to to class five. And Jenny, let's talk girls first. Let's go to class five. Okay. Well, that was a great contest. Um, You know, Carl Junction has been ranked in the Missouri Basketball Coaches Association poll number one almost all year. I mean, they've been in the top one, two, and three. And I thought that they came in and and did a fantastic job in the semifinals. You know, Brad Shorter is, is no, I mean, he is definitely no stranger to a big stage. And he did a great job of, of preparing and, and taking every game as it comes. And that would, He's a good coach. He didn't want to talk ahead. He didn't want to talk about anything else except what they were doing. And uh, they played uh, Notre Dame out of Cape Girardeau, did a fantastic job um, executing in that match. And then um, against, uh, you know, Lutheran St. Charles against West Plains also really just did a whole lot of things right. The score is a little deceiving, um, you know, because I think West Plains, you know, they were they shot around 28% from the field, which their average is much higher than that. Lutheran St. Charles did a really nice job in the semifinals to get to the championship game. West Plains captured the third place trophy, but in the championship game, you know, with all due respect to Lutheran St. Charles, they were not the favorite. Carl Junction was playing extremely well here in the postseason. Coach Shorter does a nice job getting them to peak at the right time. But, you know, Carl Junction missed some key shots. They they also missed some key defensive assignments, and Lutheran St. Charles scored and took advantage of that and did a really nice job of capturing that title. That was a great contest. It came right down to the end, and Lutheran St. Charles did a fantastic job of capturing it. That was our last game of the tournament, and it was incredible. And we had several really outstanding games, but the Carl Junction Lutheran St. Charles Championship on the girls' side, Class 5, was really tremendous. Coach Lutzweger did a really nice job. Yeah, and, and just what, you know, you you talked quite a bit about Benton and, and the emotion and passion, and every team has its own personality. I was just in- incredibly impressed with Carl Junction's poise during the game and after the game. They were obviously extremely disappointed, especially with such a, a tremendous season they had and 
how close they were at the end. That team exhibited a, a great deal of poise and maturity and that was noticeable. I agree. I agree. I thought it was really nice. And, and there was so, some great sportsmanship moments in that game. I remember making a few comments during that game about, um, you know, you know, when you're going for a rebound and you knock someone down, that's part of the game, you know. But at, after the whistle blows, um, both teams, I saw different times where they would help each other up or, you know, they pat each other on the back as they were getting up. And so I, I thought that was something that was kind of kind of nice between these two teams. Definitely. Doug, what do you want to talk about on the boys' side in Class 5? Well, we had Cardinal Ritter won their third title in the last four years. Their 10th overall over a Ledoux Horton Watkins team that was making their second appearance in the uh, state final four. You know, it was a good game, 10-point game or so, I believe. And again, that happened just before the girls game, kind of to wrap up the weekend. Third place, Jeff City. They end up defeating Pembroke Hill, which we started the day out on Saturday at, at GSB Arena with that game, and it was it was down to the wire in that game as well. And and so on the boys' side, they were all competitive wire to wire, and the scores were a little bit deceiving, uh, even the ten point victory. But two good semifinals and, and two great trophy games on that side. Jason, you have anything special about Class Five? On the girls' side, a uh, couple of things of note. In the semifinal, talking about Carl Junction's poise and uh, how Coach Shorter kind of emphasizes the defense and things like that, Carl Junction actually did not score the last five minutes and 38 seconds of the game. Mm -hmm. And we're still able to hold Notre Dame down and, and win it by four. Also in the semifinal, Lutheran St. Charles had a young lady, Jordan Spicer, hit seven three-pointers in the game, which cool. is the, the second most that we've had at the Show Me Showdown. And so eight, the team hit eight three-pointers in the first half and blew out to a 42-22 lead. As Jenny said, they, they held West Plains shooting down, but when you hit 67% of your shots in the first half, that, that kind of helps in that regard too. And, and that was their first trip back since 2013, the last time they won a title. So they're, they're two for two now. All right, let's move on to Class 6. So class six, I'll go back to the boys because that's what kind of started the, the championship for them. We had a Staley Kickapoo rematch from a regular season game down in the Tournament of Champions. Staley won that game pretty handily and Kickapoo, you could just tell from the get-go they were motivated, wasn't going to have it. In the end, Staley ended up becoming victorious, the team that they placed third last year. But they got their first state title in boys basketball with the, uh, oh, they ended up beating them close to like 17. But I know during the TOC, it was a it was a running clock game. And actually, Kickapoo held the lead at half. So great game. And, and Staley came over the second half and, and kind of opened it up. Third place, Troy played Jackson, ended up defeating Jackson. Kind of unfortunate for Troy, I believe their leading scorer, he got hurt real early in that game, got a diagnosed with a concussion and went out or else their semifinal game might have turned out a little bit differently as well. So that's kind of on the boys' side. I was going to mention, too, while you're on the yeah. on the boys, Coach Neff with Staley, he has been a, a member of the Missouri Basketball Coaches Association for a long time. And one of the things that he does a really nice job with is his youth programs, the different camps and the different clinics and the different things that he's really worked hard on building a lot of youth players, not just for his school, but in that whole community think that you know he definitely needs a little bit of credit of that and coach McHenry when you get 
mercy clocked by someone on a big stage and then to come back and have a one point difference at halftime that was impressive i mean the just the adjustments that he made and just you know everybody thought staley was untouchable and there was doubt throughout that game i mean staley did not secure it until you know the fourth quarter and i think that was something that uh, credit to coach mchenry for having such a great game plan and making those alterations Yeah, I think there were several people who looked at that score from the game in January and thought, oh, this is not going to be much of a game, just like you said. (laughs) One of the pieces that doesn't show up in the score of that game in January between Kickapoo and Staley is how well Staley shot, like 80% from the field, something like that, in that game, which is pretty impressive, but it it rarely happens every game. So those who attended that that first game kind of said, you know, well, it, yeah, the, there was it was kind of a blowout, but perhaps if Daly doesn't shoot quite as well, it's a little bit different game, and that's what we saw in the, in the championship. How about on the girls' side? Jenny, you want to talk through girls on Classics? Yes, Incarnate Word Academy. They're out of St. Louis. Have you heard of that school? <laughs> <laughs> we have. There has been a Final Four where Incarnate Word Academy has not been there um, in recent memory, and so I've got to give you know Dan Rolfus a lot of credit. Um, I talked to him extensively. And, you know, he, he has talked a lot about how his program has really, they, they just got this mindset. And a lot of people think that they just show up and they've just got all this talent. And he said, it's not by accident. He said, there's not one morning that I go into school that there's not one of my players in the gym working on their skills. He said, they work very hard. There is a little bit of pressure of tradition and legacy, but he said they, they choose to channel that. And they've had some adversity this year. Um, he was a little worried about their mentality coming in. They've had, you know, three or four things that occurred throughout the season that gave them some adversity. But they did a really nice job of, you know, they dominated in the in the semifinals. I think in the championship game, Coach Jill Nagel, who honestly is one of the most intelligent coaches, I think, in the Midwest. I think she sees the game in such a, a unique way, and she knows how to get the most out of her players. And for her to have the game plan that she did, she gambled on a few of the rotations and they they worked. They worked. I mean, you could see she got her players some of the shots that they needed. But once you start keying in on one chink of the armor on Incarnate Word, (laughs) it closes up. And so, you know, if anybody could could create a game plan, it's Coach Nagel. But her kids played really hard. But they, you know, that's just a buzzsaw when you hit Incarnate Word Academy. There's a lot of weapons there. The Rockridge team is quite a bit younger and a little bit inexperienced, very talented, but younger as opposed to the Incarnate Word team. And even so, you know, again, we, we keep saying this, but it was the truth. Many of these scores were somewhat misleading as far as you, you look at the final finals tally and, oh, it, it appears that that game wasn't much of a game. Well, that actually wasn't the case in any one of our championships. And perhaps Incarnate Word, maybe above most other teams, that final score, you know, tells the story of kind of they are just extremely consistent. They don't make a lot of mistakes. And just like you said, when you when you key in on on one apparent area of weakness, that chink in the armor closes up quickly and they're they're very strong. Jason, you've got some pieces on Incarnate Word specifically. Well, I I don't know if we want to call this a dynasty, but. The last time Incarnate Word wasn't in the Final Four was in 2020, which was the year that we didn't have the the second weekend. But before that, they've been in the final at the showdown every year since 2009. 
was the last time they weren't there. So Jenny alluded to Coach Rolfos has experience and, and knows how to play on the big stage. So that uh, that certainly helps. Winning the championship was Incarnate Word's 100th straight win. The last time they lost a game was in February of 2020 to Rockbridge, oddly enough, in a tournament during the regular season. So that was the third time that a team has won 100 straight games in the state history. So that's quite an accomplishment as well. I do think, you know, I asked Coach Rolfus, I said, you know, what do your players think about this winning streak? And he's like, we hate talking about it. <laughs> he said, you know, he goes, it, but it is what it is, and it is a nice accomplishment. It does give us that extra layer of pressure. But he said, you know, we just try to get them to use that as motivation and make sure that that pressure is channeled the right way. Let's talk a little bit about the other two teams, Doug. How did the third place game go in Class 6? Raytown uh, out of Kansas City made their first trip to the to the finals and and they end up winning third place over Eureka uh, I believe it was about a 13 point game uh, very close throughout uh, again score kind of not indicative of of how close the game was Raytown kind of stretched it out at the end um, but uh, again another great series semis and, and trophy games for for all four teams really yeah I will say too that was a battle that was a game that I thought was extremely impressive. That's the resilience game. I like to call that the resilience game because who can have a disappointing loss in the semifinals and then come back and be able to try to end your season on a win? They battled, they fought, they went back and forth. There was, you know, definitely it was a defensive battle. It was a low scoring game the first half. And so it was just really nice to see this resilient game come back. And it was very competitive both of those teams, you know, it's clear that they wanted to get that win to end their season. We also wanted to just kind of talk about the the crowds and we had what we would call, I think, average crowds for our large school weekends with some some high points. I think the Staley Kickapoo crowd was probably up there. Troy Buchanan traveled very well in any game that they played. There were a lot of fans there, Carl Junction and among others, but uh, good crowds, great energy. Again, another, we talked about this quite a bit in our small school recap Really, and, and Jenny, you talked about it earlier, some great moments of sportsmanship and really the whole weekend and both weekends, we had just tremendous class out of our coaches and our players. You know, I think our trophy presentations, we get to be there for the trophy presentations. You get on the floor and you, you watch these coaches medal their kids win or lose and to see the emotion. You've got to remember that in that moment, you're dealing with the fact that you've either won or lost in a championship or third place game. Uh, you're dealing with the fact that it was either close or not. But that moment is the end of the season for these kids. And for seniors, it's the end of their high school career. So you get a lot <laughs> of emotion packed into a very public you know, ritual and, and tradition. And for me, one of the many things I love about my job is getting to be at, you know, kind of the fly on the wall for some of those moments. And we just had you know, again, classy, classy programs handling those moments honestly and and well. There's two things. One, I was so impressed with some of the student crowds and the like. I'm going to call it coordinated cheering because that some of them really had. Um, you know, you could tell that they'd been following them on their path to the final four, and that they had um, some great cheers, and that was really impressive. But Oh my goodness, my heart. When I started seeing the coaches putting the medals, I know that's a recent change 
when I started seeing the coaches, and as a former coach, I, I would have been a mess. <laughs> what a wonderful uh, change that you've made where the coaches get to put that medal around their neck and be able to, you know, publicly show them the appreciation and give them those hugs and those pats. And I just think that is uh, kudos to you all for making that change because that just brought a new element of emotion into the, the medal ceremony. We want that moment to, to be as meaningful as possible. And that, for for those of you who don't know, our practice in the past, at least in team sports, has always been that a member of our board of directors or perhaps one of our executive staff members presents the, the trophy during trophy presentations and then would also put a medal around the neck of all the coaches and players. And this year we've made a, a, just a slight change where a member of our board of directors and, and or executive staff presents the trophy puts a medal around the head coach's neck. We have the head coach give the medals to the assistants and the rest of the team. And so we're glad to hear that at least one person really appreciates that. And actually, <laughs> we, we've heard other positive comments about that. And uh, we were a little worried that our board of directors might not appreciate the change because they have always appreciated being part of that moment in, in that way. And even back to our first team championship back in softball, it was the first time we did this. And we had a board member who was a little taken aback about the change. And after the first time he did it, he said, that's exactly how this needs to go. That That's the way to do this, just for the reasons you said, Jenny. So we're glad that it was a change we considered here in the office. And I think coaches and players have really appreciated it. On that note, I think that was the biggest surprise out of the weekend was that Coach Michaels at Benton was able to make it through the medal presentation. As much as he leaves on the court during the game, that he still was able to hang that last medal. And I want to, you know, just give a shout out uh, to any of the coaches that were there and a part of it. And they did a great job. I, mean, I appreciate their help. And, and even after the games, win or lose, people think, oh, it's not a tough moment if you win. It is. Getting Gathering all those student athletes together and trying to get them lined up that's a chore too and and when you lose it's it is it's it's even tougher and so you know I appreciate all their help and and their resiliency and a positiveness and and everything towards the tournament I think uh, you know it went really well and, and I couldn't have done it without their help yeah, and a quick thanks to all those who helped us, whether it was Score Table Crew, Misha.tv, our announcers, including you, Jenny, our team hosts, uh, the, the staff at Great Southern Bank Arena and the Hammond Student Center, all of Missouri State University, the Springfield Sports Commission and Convention and Visitors Bureau, on and on and on. We had lots of people involved in the Show Me Showdown in Springfield in the Southwest Missouri area. And just a, a note of thanks to everyone who helped put on just really a great celebration of high school okay. students and high school basketball in the state of Missouri. So I want to thank... Uh, Go ahead, I'm going to give a real quick shout out, though. Uh, all of those entities are wonderful and great, but they need a leadership team to to mold those. And um, the Missouri State High School Activity Association, you all need to pat yourself on the back because you have it down to a science. The way that, that Jason runs the communications conglomerate that he has going on and, and the way that, that you and Doug have, have a hand in so many of those different organizational things and leading all of those entities to put together this event. We deserve a lot of credit for that. I think that Misha has done such a tremendous job of leading in these championship events and providing these special moments for these schools and communities. So, so thank you to you and your team. Thanks, Jenny. This has been the Misha All Access podcast today, wrapping up our winter season and our basketball championships. Thanks to Jenny Hopkins for joining us from Greenwood High School and Doug Fessler and Jason West from the Misha office. And now we, we head on into spring. 
This is Dr. Jennifer Ruxted, the Executive Director of the Missouri State High School Activities Association. Thank you for listening to the Misha All Access podcast and having an interest in Missouri high school activities and athletics. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Misha All Access podcast or any of the episodes in this podcast, please consider subscribing or liking with your favorite podcast provider. It helps other people find us, and we really appreciate you listening and supporting the Missouri State High School Activities Association.